And so I knew that the internet was not just for connecting with friends. Like at that point, I was already like infatuated with getting to know people who were personalities online. Welcome back to season three of Why We Work, featuring more of the candid and encouraging journeys from people just like you and me. People who have led with curiosity and are making a mark on the world with the work they do and the way they do it. They're entrepreneurs, CEOs, moms, dads, creatives, leaders, supporters, and seekers. My hope is that throughout the season, there are certain people and stories that nudge you to start that thing you've been dreaming about. Launch that site, take that risk, make that first call. If anything, I hope to show you what incredible things can unfold once you take that first step. On this episode, you'll hear from Candice Molitor, a branding consultant, photographer, and digital influencer. Candice has a passion for building community and uses her platform to broadcast the message of self-confidence, body positivity, and inclusivity online. She's worked with brands including Aerie, Forever 21, and Three Musketeers. Candice continues to redefine what it means to create value for both businesses and consumers. Right out of high school, I a lot of my friends moved away for college and I stayed in town. And so to kind of like pass the time, I started doing like personal style blog. Did you like college? No, no. Okay. <laughs> no, I like high school and stuff was okay. And school in general for me is okay. Both of my parents are teachers. So yeah. um, I feel like they could understand when I like had qualms about school, but they also mm-hmm. were like, you got to be in school, you know? Yeah. Um, I was never good at like math or anything. And they were very accepting of like my strengths and my weaknesses mm-hmm. when I came to school. So I never felt too much pressure, but I didn't like love school. No. Yeah. Um, so you went to college because you felt like you should. Well, I went to college because my father was a professor at the community college. Um, and so my tuition was free. Oh. And so I was like, let me take advantage of that. Yeah. <laughs> Figure out what I want to do. And then we'll see where it goes from there, kind yeah. of. Um, and in the beginning, like when I was doing my senior class or whatever, you have that whole like term where you're focused on doing like a project. And you have yeah, to your do senior a presentation. project and stuff. Yes. Well, um, I thought I was, I focused on nursing. I like, okay. uh, did a, like a little mini internship in the baby ward of like a hospital and you can do that. Um, yes. But like, here's the catch. Like you're at a desk the whole time. Oh, like, I was going to say, <laughs> that's shocking. They would let you like handle the babies. No, not even close. Okay. <laughs> I don't okay. even think I saw a baby while I was there <laughs> to be completely honest. Like I literally was like in front of the computer the whole time. Oh yeah. Um, so I did my senior class on that, and at the end of it, I was like, I don't want to do this. Like, (laughs) Like, you don't want to do nursing, or you don't want to ever have a desk job? I didn't want to do nursing. Okay. Like, I thought, because, like, you know, people are always like, go in the medical field, makes lots of money, you know? And I was like... lawyers, doctors. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. So I was like, well, that's the only route for me then. Yeah. And, like, you know... (laughs) Because when you're in high school, no one tells you what you can really be. No. I feel like now I'm just now discovering, like, if someone would have told me these things earlier, I probably would have explored so many different career paths. Every day I'm learning about a new career, and I'm like, that's a thing? Exactly. Can you do that? Exactly. Like, I you feel like all these, like, industrial doors, I didn't even know. Like, that. that's just so, yeah, I don't and, know. And the fact that there are multiple things that make a lot of money. Like, I feel like you think, like, oh, if you want to be <laughs> successful and you want to make a good amount of money and, like, have a big house or whatever, then you have to be a doctor, you have to be a lawyer, 
or you have to like be a dentist or something and like those are the only three things that will make you lots of money then you kind of uncover along the way that there are like hundreds of jobs that actually make a good amount of money and nobody wanted to mention those ones apparently I don't know (laughs) Like, they were afraid there'd be a shortage of lawyers or something yeah. if we just, like, uncovered. But, you know, secret's out. Yeah. And I don't want to be a nurse. The tea so. is spilled. Exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. So, basically, after I graduated, I was like, not going to be a nurse. Plus, I hate blood. So, that was never really okay. going to work out, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, so, I went into my first year of college kind of being like, I don't want to do nursing, but I don't really know what I want to do. So, I focused on generals for the first, like, two years. And along the way kind of decided that marketing seemed like it could be fun and a little bit more creative. Um, And when I kind of made that decision, I also got really interested in photography. So it kind of was like a whole like month or month and a half of me kind of like reimagining what my future could be, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's when I really started like diving into photography. So I got a really like an entry level camera um, and I just started taking photos of my friends. Like when we would like hang out, I would just bring my camera and snap photos. What did you think was going to come of this? Nothing. Were you like, I, oh, I'll just do senior photos. I'll just like do random No, things. literally at that time I like, I was on Tumblr and I saw like the really pretty like Tumblr yeah. imagery and I was like, I want to do that. Like that sounds yeah. fun. Like I want to make like a Tumblr famous photo. Yes. <laughs> like if, if I had a goal, like maybe that was it. I don't know. <laughs> um, um, and then the more I got into it, um, the more I decided, like, okay, like, maybe I could, like, create something out of this. So I started... Well, did someone tell you you could do that, or did you think that? Did someone, like, speak it into your life almost? Were they like, hey, you know you can make money out of this? No. Or were you just randomly like, oh. No. At at this point, it was me being... Someone was like, oh, your photos are nice. That was it. That was the only thing I was running off of. So I was like, okay, let me do more of this so I started a personal style blog so it was literally me when was this by the way what this year was this was 2013 okay. like the fall of 2013 <laughs> almost 2014 um because it was the summer that I graduated high school and everyone was like starting to like go away for college and yeah. stuff so by the time I started the blog it was probably closer to like spring um and at that point it was just me like taking photos of my outfits and stuff yeah and just being being like love these shoes from misguided <laughs> or whatever you know because i also was really into youtube at the time yeah um and that was really That's OG like youtube too yes well i was like into youtube when it was like og og like shane dawson like mitchell davis yeah. like when meetups were like Wait, did just you starting like put out stuff or just watch no i think i recorded like a tiny clip of me in my bathroom that was like five seconds thinking like i'm gonna be a vlogger and i never uploaded it i don't know where that clip everyone is everyone has dreamed of being a vlogger at one point in their life probably Can yeah just i just started kind of early like i was literally 12 <laughs> not have gone well like it would have been really bad yeah um so at that time when my when I was starting my like style blog that was around the time when like Zoella was coming out and like all these women were like we like post about our outfits and we actually make money from it and I was like wait what the heck like what's that about like I'm doing this for free yeah exactly yeah Mm -hmm. and I but I still kept doing it and then the more I kept doing it the more people would check it out and like give me compliments on it whatever this was also around the time when Instagram was like start like more people were joining the app no one was making money from it that wasn't out yet but like people were just like what could this be you know you wish you had thought of all like if i could go back to 2012 i think is when i first got instagram i would have squatted on every handle oh you just absolutely there's so many things on instagram i'm like if i could go back to when it first started 
There's, yeah. I could be a billionaire. But yeah, so I started my personal style blog, got more compliments on my photos, was doing that more. And then that was like around the time Instagram was a thing. So I started connecting with people from the app, going downtown a lot more, connecting with people from Portland. What do you mean? Like, how does that happen? Um, how did you just like connect with people? I mean, I I think I was never afraid because I, I was on like MySpace and Tumblr and I wasn't on Facebook a lot, but I was very familiar with the online world. Like mm-hmm. when I would go online, I wasn't just like talking to friends from school. Like I would like explore other personalities outside of just that's so people interesting I knew. and it wouldn't just be like this random 50 year old guy like no but it would be like you know <laughs> the dark web <laughs> yeah but it would be like people because i was really into like pop punk so it would be like i would go on to like pop punk bands that like i would go see at warp tour like and um like i said like vloggers and people like that like i was more interested in like entities outside of that at a young age and so i knew that the internet was not just for connecting with friends like at that point i was already like infatuated with getting to know people who were personalities online that's so interesting because I didn't do that at all and I don't know if that's because I wasn't allowed to have my space or Facebook <laughs> so I was late to the game thanks yeah. mom and dad for like stumping my career here they really did <laughs> yeah, you can blame them <laughs> but it's like it's so fascinating to hear you say because I never have thought about I've never thought about that like yeah. when you start at a young age and you see things differently and you use a platform like that even just a little bit differently, you just can go on a completely different trajectory that carries you. Like that's that kind of mentality, like stayed with you. I stopped thinking, um, about just my like in-person life and also about like what that could mean online. Like, I don't, it's hard to explain, but in short, like it just made me see that like the internet is a broader place and that there are multiple opportunities for people to connect Mm -hmm. that are more than just in person. Um, and then I got my job at T-Bar through Instagram. Were you still going to college? No. uh -uh. So what happened there? Um, I mean, I think at that time when I started T-Bar, I was doing like some classes like a week. Like I think I was doing like like eight credits or something at that point I was just kind of like teetering out yeah it just it wasn't as fun as like connecting with people on a daily basis so Mm -hmm. I just wasn't about it why do you think she reached out to you why do you think like what made you special at that time for someone to be like hey manage our business so I think it was just right place, right time that I had come in as a customer and taken a bunch of photos that she liked. Yeah. But I was also freaking out because I was like, I have no experience doing this. Can I but even do this? But you do because you have been doing it for fun yeah. for a while. I've been doing it with people, but I had no experience doing it for a business right. or anything. And at that point, like doing photos for T-Bar to me as like a young kid who had no experience was like doing photos for Nike. Um, so <laughs> then that summer... I got an email or some kind of inquiry from a woman who made handmade leather bags and she was looking for somebody to help with her business as far as like taking photos and then maybe doing a little bit of things on Instagram like Mm -hmm. engagement or posting whatever it may be. Um, So she hired me on and so I was now splitting my time between like a little bit of school, a little bit of T-bar and a little bit of this like side gig that I just picked up. But around that same time, I actually got an offer from um, this, like, fitness company in Portland. They reached out, and they were like, do you want to come and intern with us and, like, like, be our marketing intern? 
And I was like, okay, like that sounds kind of fun. But like, what's the schedule? Because I was committed to T-Bar, you know? Whenever you have someone approaching you for your services, I feel like that's so special. Because they took, like, you know, they're noticing you and yeah. what you're doing. And it's obvious that there's a talent. I was very flattered when I got it. I think, like, something that I'm still working on is, like, managing the anxiety that comes with, like, an entity, like, wanting you to do something. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, when Bar 3 reached out, I was like, do they think I'm, like, a magician? Like, I don't know if yeah. they think, like, what like, I'm capable of. like, super experienced, like, old. Yeah. And... and I was like, I've barely been doing this for, like, two years, you know? Imposter syndrome. Yeah. Yeah. Me. My entire life. Yeah. It's just, like, one yeah. big. Long... One big imposter syndrome. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> but it's so funny, because looking at you and your body of work, you wouldn't assume that you think that. So I started at Bar 3. I was there for two months. <laughs> I just miss T-Bar too much. Oh my gosh. So was it like a typical nine to five? Yes. Oh, it was. Okay. So that's okay. So they, their headquarters there is, it's a really beautiful setup. Like they've got everyone dialed in and they have like a specific way of doing things, which I think works super well. Well, it's a bigger brand with more systems and operations and teams and yeah, exactly. Um, and so, you know, they had me like at a desk and I was there from like about nine to five, um, six days a week. Which was six days a week. Mm-hmm. So then the seventh, I was there, or sorry, four days. <laughs> I was like, hold on, that, that, I feel like you could you could like, press charges if that's an internship. They're like, give us every cent of the day that you have. Um, sorry. Was it paid or unpaid? It was paid. Okay. Yeah. So at least. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh no, I wouldn't have left if. It, yeah. No. Yeah. Okay. Um. So, so I was there four days a week. Fifth day a week was at T bar. T bar. And then I had my weekends, which were dedicated toward the leather handbag company that I was still doing oh some gosh. stuff for. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so I was there for two months. Um, I missed T-Bar too much. So I just told him, like, hey, it's been real. How did you <laughs> have that conversation? That was a little easier um, because the person who had recruited me at the time was also leaving. Okay. So I was kind of like, like, peace, we're going out as, as a unit. <laughs> We're out together. It's been real. Um, no, but they were also like, it It was a temporary position that I was in. So I knew like, okay, leaving a month early, like it might kind of put him in a lurch, but we all knew this day was coming. Do you think you've added to the success of like the, each client you've had, like, mm-hmm. do you feel confident in saying you've added to their success as a brand? I think so. I think the internship, probably gave me a lot more than I gave it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did do some things like I developed some content for them that they had never tried. I tested out a lot of things that they were thinking about testing, but didn't have the bandwidth to do themselves. And, mm-hmm. you know, it was a good partnership, but in general, yeah, I think the jobs that I've had and you hope that's the case, right? Yeah. Is that like when you come in, you're bringing something to the table. Yeah. Do you remember like anyone that you looked up to in general at that point in your life? Like I, I, I just didn't have a plan. Like mm-hmm. I, I wasn't like, and I know that like this mentor of mine has done it this way and I'm going to do it like this. Or I wasn't like, I know that my, you know, step by step by January, I want it to be like this. I didn't have that kind of but plan. I feel like it's so rare to even for anyone to have that at the same time yeah. too. Yeah. Like to have that plan all figured out. But all this time you're spending pouring into other brands and learning about other brands. But when was it that you realized that you can become your A own brand. brand? Like when did yeah. you make that switch? And I still feel like you do both, you know, mm-hmm. but there has to have been a time when you're like, Oh, I can make my own self a brand now. Yeah. So I 
transitioned between the time that I got my job at T-Bar to when I was managing, transitioned from um, doing personal style blogging to just doing portrait photography. Mm -hmm. Like I was only taking photos of other people. I would like conceptualize shoots and um, just like work with other models to like bring it to life. And that was where... You took yourself out of like the whole yeah in front of the camera yes i was completely behind the camera at, like, why did all you times. why do you think you did that like why did you go back in your shell um i gained a lot of weight at that time oh, okay yeah so i went from like a high school body type to like a not high school body type it's a hard time yeah. to go through that mm-hmm. and i didn't know like how to handle it like i yeah. was just like i'm just like not gonna put myself in front of the camera anymore like i'm yeah. done um which i really wish especially now that i hadn't done I feel like it would have helped me and a lot of other people if I just didn't do that. But yeah. regardless, I really focused on fo- like portrait photography, which helped my photography in general. As I was kind of transitioning out of portrait photography, I went on vacation. It was my 23rd, 22nd birthday. And um, I went to Mexico and I didn't have content. So I just like took a photo of myself and I posted it. And it did better than any Isn't other portrait so photo funny? that I'd ever posted before. That's always how it works, though. Yeah. I noticed the same thing. But, but what, do, what do you think that means? Yeah. Like, well, so that? so my, like, social media, like, management brain, I was kind of, like, I had to analyze it. Like, I was like, what does this mean? Like, why are people, like, more interested in seeing me than seeing, yeah. por- like, you know, the portraits I post? And I feel like it's because people are more interested in finding out about the person behind the camera. Totally. They want to like, know. You? Yeah. Oh, totally. But I didn't think anyone cared about me, you know? Like, I was like, oh, well, that's just that person over there that they want to know more about, not me. But it turns out it's, like, everybody. that People want to know the person behind the account, you know? It's awesome to post, like, pretty photos of other people. And to some people, that works really well. But I think there should be some kind of element of, like, yourself in there because that's what people want to see. Yeah. Yeah, so that was kind of like a wake-up call. It was like a light bulb moment for me. What was the first brand that reached out to you and you were like, wow, this is mm. this is a pivotal moment in my career? Aerie. Yeah, that's crazy. That was like... See, I was going to say Three Musketeers. Oh, honestly, <laughs> that was that Candace. was the tea. I was really <laughs> so... But Aerie was before that. Yeah, honestly, that was a really cool... Both of those are really cool partnerships. I was really excited about Aerie because when I did start to pivot toward this like better messaging and more inclusive messaging, um, I was like, all right, well, who are these businesses that like would be like a dream to work with? And I don't even mean like sponsored posts. Like I mean like if they were like, hey, like, do something with us, like, behind the scenes. Like, no matter what it right. would be, you know? Even if Aerie was, like, work at our Clackamas store, I'd yeah. be like, okay, you okay. know? <laughs> <laughs> um, but so I was like, okay, well, who would be, like, the top? Aerie was one of the yeah. two that I was like, if I ever get to that point. So cool. And within the first year, it happened, which is, like, insane. What do brands want? Like, why do brands reach out to people like you? Like, what what do they want from you that they can't do themselves? Um, that's a very interesting question. So I think in the beginning, brands just wanted exposure to audiences, right? Now I think that brands want to target micro influencers and influencers who have a specific message because I believe at least that, that social media in general, but Instagram, they're, they're moving toward a more authentic 
like messaging or like presence why why do you think that is i think it stemmed from a lot of the talk around social media being a toxic place Mm. and that people would go on there and like hate themselves because of what they were seeing in their feeds you know if you go on and the first three photos you see are of like hot models on yachts you're gonna be like i'm never gonna have that man dang it you know and then you go about your day and you just like keep thinking about why you're not on a yacht, you well, know? It's, it's like if you think about the Carl's, the old Carl's Jr. commercials oh, with like yeah. the models and, and stuff, the or even like Victoria's Secret now with yeah. the fashion show and all the backlash. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out like what was the thing that ch- that turned marketing from like have this perfect life. We're gonna show you what it looks like if you eat a three musketeers. Like you're gonna look like this. Mm-hmm. Like you're gonna be an amazing popular person. To now, it's like real people and they're giving authentic. Like what? I think what it's changed. That? It's our demographic. So millennials now outnumber baby boomers, mm. and we have all grown up with commercials in front of us. You know, right. from the time that we could watch TV and understand what was happening. We saw the Toys R Us commercial, the whatever. Like, we know when we're being advertised to. Yeah. And so now I think companies are realizing that and they're like, we need to be smarter about how we're doing this and how we're putting messages forth. And we, as like millennials, are big dictators as far as like what is put in front of us. If we don't like something, we're going to tweet about it. Yeah. Publicly. And. You know, if we have any kind of influence, a lot of our friends are going to see it and also feel a similar way. Um, So I think that companies are like, okay, how can we now, like now more than ever before, we need to have some kind of story Mm -hmm. and an authentic message behind it because people like, I mean, millennials, but people in general are voting with their dollar and companies know that. And you can't, as a company, be kind of like behind the curtain anymore like people do a quick google search and we can find out who you voted for and what you know where you put your money toward Mm -hmm. and if it's towards something we don't like then we're gonna be like okay see ya you know because there's so many options now oh yeah yeah and especially with instagram like i mean think of how many activewear companies you knew before instagram and how many you know now yeah it's like it's the the choices are exponential and is it a good thing? Like, is this like a good thing that there's more options? And I think kind of so, stuff? because I think that's what is holding these companies accountable. You know, if if like one if there was only one activewear company in the world, then it wouldn't matter what they said in their commercials because we have to buy from them. But competition is kind of what keeps companies in check, obviously. And the fact that like people are becoming smarter and they're voting with their dollar and they know that if they don't like something, then they're not going to purchase it. Right. Do you ever want to make like, will you ever want to make like a physical product or your own brand, like a product for people to buy? My ultimate, ultimate goal would be to, and I guess maybe it is in terms of bringing out a physical product, but my, my overall goal would be to work with a brand who doesn't currently have a very diverse line, like clothing wise, and help them make it. And I feel like the message that bodies come in so many different shapes and sizes, like is still not quite getting to people yet. And I feel like brands, why is it not? Why there? 
I mean, the idealized version of a woman, especially, is so ingrained in people's minds. It really is. And it it comes from... It's trying to phase out, but it's hard to... Yeah, yeah. well, and it comes from everything. It comes from, you know, when you were little and, you know, maybe all of your friends were shopping at one specific store and that store only came to, like, a certain size. Or you see commercials on TV and the women all look a certain way. You know, mm-hmm. or, you know, the majority of people in your town look a specific way and you're the oddball out. So you must be the one that's wrong. Like, yeah. it just comes from so many different areas in your life that it's hard to pinpoint. Yeah. But brands can help change that narrative. And I just don't understand why they wouldn't want to. Right. Because especially when it comes to that's catering. Yeah. Well, when it comes to catering to plus size, like the majority of women in the United States are a size 14 or above. Right. So you would think, or they're at least around a size 14, 16. That's like the majority of women. And it's like something like 57 to like 64%. I believe it. Yeah. And you would think from like a clothing producer's standpoint, it would make more sense to actually start somewhere in the middle and work your way out. Right. But they don't do that. They start at, like, the extra, extra small and work their way to, like, a large, maybe an extra large. Okay, and even speaking to, there's been a lot of, like, makeup scandals. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I know this is, we can get down that the one I ha- There's no excuse for that one. That there's, one is, yeah. like, like, how are you going to say that there's, like, no, like, black people? But you know what's so funny is, like... Until all this started to come out, I didn't fully realize because, like, I just shop in, like, where the White Foundation is. Like, that's just what – and now that I, like, I go into um, Ulta or whatever and I see the full range Mm -hmm. and I'll see it stop at, like, you know, my spray tan color. (laughs) And I'm like, (laughs) how? Yeah. Now you're, like, do better. Yeah. Yeah. But I went into Ulta the other day and I saw the new Morphe Foundation came out. Literally the whole row of darker shades was gone gone and so what you were touching on earlier is like brands one have the power to change perception but also from a financial standpoint it makes more sense right that's why i'm saying like if you were producing clothing and 64 percent of your clients were a size 14 wouldn't you start at like a 10 to you're missing out on at least half the market yeah like it just doesn't it makes no sense to me financially and Mm -hmm. that's where my mind goes first to be honest like I'm kind of like, you know, from a brand standpoint, I get it. You're there to make money. So let's go there. You're not catering to a giant section, which means you're not making money from the people who really want to buy product from, yeah. from you or just anyone who's willing to cater to that. And yeah, the same goes for makeup companies. At this point with the makeup companies, I'm yeah really at my wits end. There's no There's excuse. There's no excuse. It's like, crazy. It's just, and it just makes me like, it doesn't even make me like sad or angry anymore. I'm just kind of like disappointed, but not surprised, yeah. <laughs> you know, when like the range comes out and it's like five shades and you're like, okay, oh. <laughs> all right. I just feel like there's not good representation at these companies that are putting out these product. Cause if no, there yeah. was, they'd be like, hold on guys. Well, and we that's not put this out there. That's a big topic right now is that these companies internally are not diverse enough because we keep seeing time and time again, these things that happen that it's like, well, it just did was a black person in the room at all. At all because ever. In if any so, this wouldn't have happened. The Gucci thing that just happened. Um, Wait, what, what was the Gucci thing? Gucci released this Bach Bella Clava sweater that had 
like it was like a turtleneck and it went up to just over the nose. I haven't thought And there were drawn on lips that were pretty large (gasps) and the sweater was black. And it looked very reminiscent of old caricatures of people in blackface. Yes. Yeah. And it was pretty distasteful and they got called out for it. And of course, you know, made a statement that like we're all about inclusivity. But it's just like. Was there a black person in the in room, there? though? Like, yeah. Did you have someone there that was like, guys, maybe not. Maybe, maybe not. Yeah, and it's not even just like, is there someone in the room? But it's, is there someone in the room who feels, like, included enough to be able to speak up and speak out about something like right. that? Because maybe there was someone in the room, but maybe he was the assistant getting coffee, and he didn't want to speak up in a room full of Gucci execs that were making the <laughs> That's decision. That's so true. You know? So it's like you need to have people in these positions that can that feel comfortable enough to speak up so that stuff like this can stop happening. Because it's really embarrassing at this point. Like, Twitter yeah. is just running amok. Again, the Kendall Jenner Pepsi situation. Yeah. That was, like, a huge thing that a huge miss and it just goes to show that these companies like they're not thinking enough strategically at all because it's a financial hit too like it's not just like check oh we have like 10 black people at our company and we have like five (laughs) latinos like okay we're diverse yeah no but what positions are those people in exactly you know and how can they speak up you need people like diverse people and I'm saying diverse like age like ethnicity oh yeah in every way mm-hmm. from the top down yes and it starts like at the board level all the way down like yep. through the exact like the c-suite all the way down to management mm-hmm. and, and including the agencies who do a lot of the work for them right Pepsi was an internal thing like that was their bad like there was, oh, was an, it internal yeah there was and they didn't hire they chose to not go with an agency on that one so we can they won't see. choose that again <laughs> yeah. um but it, in general like just from like you said from top to bottom throughout yeah there just needs to be a lot more diversity do you feel like you're in sync with what you're supposed to be doing and like you're on the right path i really do ish no i i really do like i've never felt so interested in like a job before is there any skill that you don't have that you wish you would have gone to college for or gone like a formal education for so i think that's tough i think back in the day like that whole like okay go to school go to college get a degree get a job like it worked when our parents were young and i feel mm-hmm. like this is like so many people are probably rolling their eyes right now being like typical millennial <laughs> bringing in the baby boomer I know. but it's really true because i like when they were young, not that many people were able to go to college. It was right. not something that was financially feasible for a lot of people. Yeah, so you'd work, go work on like a farm or exactly. labor. Yeah. And so their whole generation was like, I'm going to college and I'm going to get a good job so that my children could go to college. Right. And now they're giving out degrees like it's <laughs> Halloween candy. And now you walk into a job and you're like, but I went to college. And they're like, okay, we'll put your application in the stack of the other thousands of people that came right. in and it also went to college. It doesn't set you apart anymore like it yeah. used to. Yes. And so they need to stop pitching it as that is right. my only thing. Like start to figure out where college plays into where people are at or these other three factors that I listed are at. And then kind of 
like advertise college in that way, you know, right. or talk about it in that way where it's like, you know, it might not secure a job, but like you'll learn this. Like, I don't know what that would be. It's going <laughs> to change so much. Yeah. I just see it. Mm-hmm. It's going to have to, it's going to have to change because yeah, the things we need to know now are not the things that we needed to know even five years ago. Yeah. It's different now. Yeah. And also it's a lot about like the soft skills you know, or quote unquote soft skills, but they're actually like, can you get along with a team? Like, can you manage a team? Can you mm-hmm. like, just, I don't know, a lot of these things that you can't learn on paper, but it's yeah. so important now to set yourself apart. What's the best advice that you've ever received? Probably just be nice. I love that. Like, I feel like not enough people are like nice. I feel that on a you deep level. Mean? Like, and I really mean it. Like, I feel like it's one thing to be like, to just not be mean, but you need to like be nice. There's a difference between like hedging your mean side and a genuinely being a caring person. Yeah. yeah. And it doesn't have to, you don't have to go above and beyond, but like today even I was at, um, I was at a thrift shop and the girl that was like, you know, ringing me up at the end, I was just like, have a good one. And she looked at me like she had never, never heard. heard that in her life. Yeah. And she was like, thank you. Like you too. And I was like, does no one like say have a nice day? Like, I don't know. Like, and I think people, that's something that people really remember is that you were nice and you were like, like just genuine. It's true. So why not just be nice? Like, it just seems so easy. Costs no money. It's free to be nice. Like just, I feel this (laughs) on such a deep level and wherever I go. And I think I got this from my mom is I always want to say hi to people. When I walk by someone, Mm -hmm. I always look at them and I'm like waiting to say hi. Yeah. And I was just at the park on a walk and it's like, whenever anyone walks by me, I look at them like, say hi. Like I'm about to say hi. Are you looking at me? (laughs) You're like, get ready. Here it comes. Get ready. Here it comes. But, like, most people don't, most people won't look over. Yeah. No, and sometimes I'll still, like, shout out a little high just in case. Yeah. But it's like, look at me. Like, I'm trying to, like, yeah. connect with you. Yeah. But people so appreciate it. And, like, the people, I don't know, when, when people ask about, like, inspiration and mentors and that kind of stuff, I'm like, they're all around you. Like, I'll go to the store and someone will be so nice mm-hmm. and so good at, like, whatever they do at the store. Yeah. And someone at, like, even DMV or something, which is, like, shocking. But someone there could be doing, like, a great job. And it's like, I appreciate that. Yeah. Like, people that are nice and, like, they do a good job to make your life better. Yeah. What do you think makes you good at what you do? I'm, I want to be as efficient as possible. I want to be as, like, enjoyable to work with as possible. And I want to create quality work. That's about it. Mm-hmm. And I feel like people can appreciate that. And that's what like keeps people like coming back. And also people like refer me because of that. I think, I think that's what it is, is like, I just like to do my work, do it well and do it as efficiently as I possibly can. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate the show and write a review. It helps people find the channel. Also, if you want to reach out and say hi, or you know someone who should be on the podcast, please send an email to whyweworkpodcast at gmail.com.